You're listening to the Late Night Thoughts Podcast. The most stimulating hour of your night. Oh! Hosted by the man himself, a.k.a. Broadfit. Some of you might be offended. Well, we're counting on it. Hey. How you doing? Live from Belmar, New Jersey. Broadcasting around the world. Whoa, 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 whoa. Is there a problem? Huh? You want to go? You want to go? Buckle up for the most unfiltered, raw interviews and never-before-heard behind-the-scenes stories. Get the fuck out of here! What are you waiting for? Three, three, two, two, one, one. Welcome back. Uh, we have <laughs> we, we have Hanifa here with me, and we decided her little kitten. I have a kitten that's playing with Pick his Pick him wires. up. Let me see him. Come here, kitty. Ollie. Hi, baby. Look at his bow tie. <laughs> oh, God. I love him so much. All right. No more distractions. Sorry. I don't think that's possible. He's so cute. I know. Guys, he's only like four and a half pounds. He's only four months old. Dude, he's legitimately just he's eating. He's scared of Brandon. He's not scared of me. He just knows who's boss. <laughs> anyway. All right, let's sit. Let's sit like I this. I don't like you, though. You don't like me. Cool. So what are we talking about? Life. Life? Yeah. There's a lot going on with life right now. Can we pull pull the mic a little bit closer? Don't be scared. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> don't, don't be scared. Um, I think the main thing that people asked me when I said who wants to ask questions, when I said I was doing it with you, they wanted to talk about, while well, I was talking about interracial dating, uh, stuff doing with modeling, stuff that's happening in the world. So, like, we can kind of just fish around on any type of topics that we really want right now. Um, do you have anything you want to talk about that's happening in the world that you want to speak on? <laughs> What's happening right now in D.C.? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know the full details because this is just unraveling right now. Yeah. Can you tell me more of the details that's going on? I mean, I only the read like three articles, to be honest. I mean, we're going to find out more. Up. But as of right now, the Capitol was being overrun by Trump protesters, Trump, Trump supporters. supporters. Yeah. And from what we heard as of right now, one person has gotten shot. Yeah, it was something about that. But okay. again, there's only so many articles out right now. I was mostly following the New York Times. And they said there was shooting, but there were rubber bullets, we found out. And then the tear gas was released in the senator's chambers. And they were scaling the walls, stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah, I saw, I mean, there was uh, stuff all over, obviously, social media right now, people talking about, I mean, obviously, people climbing over the walls and stuff, and... Uh, Online, it's right now, on social media, it's more so comparisons to the summer of Black Lives Matter's protests, Yeah. and then what became people talking about, oh, well, everyone at the Black Lives Matter's protests are now rioting and looting and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I know a bunch of people that went to Black Lives Matter protests. I haven't seen not one person go to a Target and loot or whatever. Yeah. But whatever. And I guess it's the same people, to me, it's the same people bitching about black people or just people in general supporting Black Lives Matter and doing a protest are the same people at the fucking Capitol right now. So I'm like, whatever. I, I do believe that we have to 
have an understanding that um, there is a double standard in some areas. And I've realized that, that some people are very biased to say, well, this is happening with Black Lives Matter and this and that. And, and then also it's just there's this whole double standard where one side's worse than the other. And honestly, I, I believe that both sides are equally doing bad, but there's not all bad people doing it. I, I believe it's just equal all around. Now, you can't say just because you support Black Lives Matter, you're a bad person. You support protesting. You support doing this, doing that. It's, it's not, that's not what they really stand for. And I had a friend of mine that, you know, explained to me, and I didn't need to be explained this, but it was in the most proper way that he could explain it is it was by a drawing. And this was all over social media. And he said, people think, and they had, they had a bunch of different colored hands that were holding hands like this. And he said, everybody has this impression that Black Lives Matter wants to be like this, and it was above every other hand. But it was all hands that were equally raised. I remember that picture. And it, it shed a lot of awareness because that's, this is the bottom line, is that Black Lives Matter is trying to fight for the right to actually be equally treated as everyone else is in America. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, we are. And I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, no. clearly you're not black if you say that. Cause I was like, uh, I mean, even as a girl, I remember being 12 years old and this cop like flipped shit on me for literally sitting outside in my neighborhood yeah. on the curb with my two girlfriends after school. And I mean, we were on all black. It was me, another black girl. I think my one, she was Spanish, some Spanish speaking native. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a white girl. And I remember he like was like, what are you guys doing here? And we're like, we're 13 years old, 12 years old. We're sitting outside. Like, what else do you do at that age? Especially because I grew up in a small suburban town. So there was no like, you live in a city, blah, blah, blah. You could walk to the park. Now everything is South Jersey. You got to drive, things like that. So you went to your friend's house. You and your friend sat outside. You chilled, talked, played kickball, whatever. You know, we're 13. So we were too cool to do any of that stuff. We just sat out and chilled. I remember him like driving by it was like you guys need to leave and i'm like i live in this neighborhood <laughs> like what am i doing <laughs> Get like, I'm out literally here. Sitting you here. don't belong oh, here no, i remember we were sitting there we went to this place called joe's pizza and we got a slice and a drink and we're literally sitting there doing yeah. nothing and it was like the last day of school i remember he yelled at us to leave so we get up and we walked like onto my street <laughs> And we sat down at the curb at my street. And mind you, we're not going to my house. We're waiting for my friend's mom to pick us up because we're going to her house. Yeah. Um, I just live the closest to the pizza place. And the pizza place is also next door in middle school. And the cop comes back. And I literally just like, I guess like I rolled my eyes and I went, like, why are he stressing us for doing absolutely nothing? Yeah. And mind you, I'm not anti-cop. My dad works for state police. Like, I'm anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it is what it is, right? So... But I just remembered, like, not saying anything to him, not resisting. Like, I remember getting up to, like, just leave and be like, let's just go in my house and just yeah. wait. I have my house keys. And him being like, you, come here. And I'm like, what did I do? I just literally, like, just was like, ugh, I got to go. Because I don't want no problems. And I'm just like, you know, it's easier just for me to, like, get up and leave than to argue about sitting on my own stoop. Especially when you're, like, 12, 13 years old. Yeah. And I remember him going, you're so disrespectful, da 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 Like, yelling at me as if he was my father. And I'm like... <laughs> and if you know me, you know when people yell at me, I don't do well with people yelling at me. No, my she parents does don't not. even yell at me. <laughs> so I'm like, um, I know my rights. Like I don't gotta like talk to you. I don't do anything against yeah. the law. So I'm like, no. 
And he's like, what's your father's number? I said, you can call my dad, but I know what my dad's going to say. So I said, let's call him. The guy's like, I want to give him a call. I said, you do that. Like, the fuck am I? Like, I can sit on my, the curb in my neighborhood. I'm not disrupting anybody. I'm sitting there with my friends, eating a drink. Stop. Sorry, it's my cat. (laughs) Eating, Eating and drinking, and I'm waiting for a ride. Yeah. I was a child and that happened. And ever since that happened, that changed, like, you know, I never had that talk with my dad about, like, police and things like that because he mostly did that with, like, that was more, like, with my brother because yeah. he's a boy and he's really tall and he's dark-skinned. But with girls, it doesn't happen to us as much as black women. So I never had that, like, interaction with cops ever until that moment. And then that moment happened. And then since then, I was always, like, I mean... I'm not going to be disrespectful towards a cop or anything like that for yeah, no yeah, reason. Yeah. I'm just not going to be disrespectful towards anybody for any reason, yeah. unless you give me one. So me being in law enforcement, uh, being a deputy sheriff, I obviously, you know, it's it's almost like a common thing when you see other cops or you have friends or cops, but cops that don't know you, I used to identify myself when I was off duty and say, hey, you know, always kept everything very respectful. And then I stopped telling them that I was law enforcement just because I wanted to see how they would treat me. And there was uh, countless times that as I was, you know, getting either, I was getting my license back, I would uh, I would have my badge and show it to him afterwards. And like, he's like, oh, why didn't you just say so? I'm like, it, I shouldn't have to show you anything. I, I understand that you don't know who I am, but keep it professional, keep it moving. Should and be treating you differently. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> I understand that with traffic stops, they're the most highest stress. And your dad being a state trooper can probably comment on that is that they are a very high stress situation because you have no idea what's going on in that car. You don't know where their hands are at sometimes. And it's a very, and I can side with some officers, you know, that are coming up to a car and I got a bunch of people in my car or something, but being by myself, you know, I've, I I actually had, (laughs) I've had three or four bad experiences with a, cops and it's it hasn't changed my opinion on them it just made me more aware of that not everybody is good and not everybody has the same purpose as I do so when I was in North Wildwood when I was about 17 um I got pulled over by a cop that was a summer cop and he was an older veteran I could tell and this guy I literally had my headlight went out but when I turned my car off I automatically turned the headlights off and then I grabbed my license to hand it to him. He ran out to my car. He's like, turn that fucking car on right now. He's like, I'm going to lock your ass up. I said, okay, sir. And he thought I was trying to hide my headlight being out. I'm like, and my headlight flickered on and off. I didn't even know it was out at the time. So when I flickered it back on, it came back on. He's like, oh. He's like, never mind. I thought your headlight was out. Keep it moving. I'm like, all right. But the biggest, I think the biggest thing that happened to me when I was... 14 years old is what changed my life forever and a lot of people never knew this because I never really told people because I was kind of ashamed of who my family was at the time you know I my mom dated people that were not respectable citizens guys that you know did not respect her they were not good dudes and um, my mom hung, hung around a lot of people that did drugs. My mom also did drugs. So I grew up in that type of environment. And I remember I was living in a one-bedroom apartment at the time because my mom couldn't afford to get us anywhere better. 
And this is in Collingdale, Pennsylvania, where I originally grew up. I grew up there until I was like 10 or 11, went out to the suburbs, and then I came back when my mom didn't have any money and shit. So I'm sleeping on my couch, and it's a fucked up couch. It's a dirty couch, but whatever. I'm just sleeping on this little love couch. I'm about 14, it's about 1 in the morning, and I'm asleep. So pitch black dark, (coughs) right where my couch is, is a window. And a police officer opened that window, he stepped through, and with his big fucking foot put it on my lower spine and jumped on the couch thinking no one was on there. I immediately panicked, I fucking screamed for my mom, and the cops started beating the shit out of me. It's pitch black dark, I have no idea if I'm getting fucking raped, or if I have someone about to fucking kill me, so... He unlocks the door that's right next to where the window is. They were serving a warrant for my mom's boyfriend who didn't pay child support. So six cops storm in from Collingdale Police Department and they literally push me down on the couch and they say, do you have any weapons? Do you have any of this? At the time, I'm, I'm, I kind of look, I'm the same height and the same build I am. So they thought I was older. They say, what's your name? How old are you? Where are you going? We're taking you, we're taking you downtown. I'm like, I said, sir, I didn't do anything. I said, you guys, you guys stepped on my back. My back hurts, and I'm I'm fucked up, and I'm like I'm I'm like on the verge of crying because I don't know what's going on. They take my mom's boyfriend away, and then they're trying to lock me up. And my mom goes, he's only 14, and automatically their faces drop. They're like, oh shit, and the cop gets in my face. He's like, don't you ever lie to the fucking police, because I think he originally asked me a question, but I was so thrown off. He's like, where's he at? Where's he at? I said, where's who at? They said, oh, so-and-so. I said, I, I think he's at work. The dude worked night shift. He didn't leave for work yet. So he was in there, so they thought I was lying. Uh, to this day, it was like, it was a eye-opener. It was like a fucking eye-opener what happened to me. And I, I had like two choices to let that create me into a bad person and be against police. Or I was the type of person that said, you know, to look at it and say, not all, not all police are good. But that doesn't mean that that's the way I can be. And I still pursued going through the police academy and pushing myself through it. But for the next six years of my life, I had back problems because of that one incident. And my mom being the person that she was because she had a drug habit, she didn't know to sue. She didn't know that what they did was unlawful. They, they literally opened up a window and broke in to get someone that was on a warrant. Now... Listen, you got you got to get some some people out of houses and stuff, but you can't be doing what they did, and they were completely wrong for it. And I never said anything about it until years, years later, and it it was really building me up for a very long time. And I thought it was funny that I applied to that police department like six different times, and for some odd reason, the chief denied my application before even getting to see me. And then I finally had a political reference that knew the chief. Said, hey, can you give this guy an interview? He's a really good friend of so-and-so. Push him through the process, right? The chief responded back two weeks later when the guy asked again. He goes, yeah, you know, we interviewed him. He didn't do very well in the interview process. I never stepped foot in that police station. So he knew who I was. He knew who my family was. He's like, nah, fuck no, we know. But it didn't discourage me. It made me move forward and just say, this is what I don't want to be. I want to, you know, help people out. I want to do what I can for the community around me and, you know, be a better person about it. And um, there is a serious issue in America. There's 
serious issues that, you know, we do need cops that have sensitivity training. We do need people that have thorough background checks. And it's hard finding people that don't have a messed up history or the way they grew up to find out what they really are like. And it's a shame. But I do have hope. And again, I, I've seen things happen that shouldn't happen. And I think that's the main thing that people need to realize is that it shouldn't happen. And you need to speak up on these incidences. But my thing is, too, like, so I'm a nurse, right? I'm an emergency room nurse. I deal with cops all day, every day. Cops, EMTs, firefighters, every single person you could think of that's an emergency first responder. Yeah. I deal with all of them. They all come in for X, Y, and Z because they're bringing in a, uh, someone who's going to be my patient. Or firefighters come if someone gets, like, monoxide. Put, like, they have to keep track. It's all this processing that comes with, like, the legalities and billing of yeah. the hospitals. Because everything's a business now, too. Fun. But I've had cops where... We've called the cops because the hospital, like, we call 911 a lot, or not 911, but they just know us, right? I've had cops come in. I'm trying to work with you, right? Like, that's your suspect or your, like, whoever you're yeah. arresting, yeah, that's yeah. my patient. So we have to communicate and talk together because I have to do certain things, but I need his cooperation because he's under arrest and he's chained. Like, I'm like, I need you to take the cuff off, but you have to hold, they have to hold their wrist. Yeah. Because I can't do certain things if they're in the cops. Of course, of course. So, but I've had cops who have really been like assholes to me. I remember my, my coworker was in charge one day. She got into an argument with the cop because they bring, so in New Jersey, someone's drunk on the street. They, they come to the hospital. There's no more drunk tanks and stuff like that, right? Yeah. They come to the hospital. The guy wasn't even really drunk. He's a known, we call him ETOH. Um, he was a known ETOH guy around the area. Been here for like 30 years. He wasn't drunk. You know when he's drunk. Right. Yeah. You know someone for 30 years, you know, when he's drunk, I've been at this hospital for six months and I know I can tell the difference of him being of drunk on the street or him just being homeless on the street. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't drunk. The cop brought him in. We're like, why is he here? We're like, oh, X, Y, and Z. She's like, he's not drunk. Like, we're not about to just take him for no reason. Yeah, yeah. What? You don't want to deal with him? Like, you don't want to like take him in your like. That's another issue is that some, and again, I can only comment because I had to learn this the hard way at the courthouse because we have. We have our regulars of homeless people come in, mm -hmm. uh, everyday drug users, and people that do drink and come in. It's very sometimes it's very hard to see whether you know their mental status of why they didn't take their medication. Yeah. If they haven't eaten, if you know they they're relapsing, whatever, whatever the case is, it's all different. So like you have to handle each day as it's a brand new day. For sure. But when you bring this in and you look at the charge nurse and go, well, "I brought him here so you guys can clean him up and get him out of here," we're yeah. like, "That's not our job." You think my job that I, I've worked so hard for is to come clean up a homeless guy, yeah. let him give him a turkey sandwich and send him on his way? That's what I went to school for. <laughs> like, to literally, I'm like, I would have been a social worker. <sighs> That's not like our responsibility. But I mean, nine times out of ten, honestly, working in an emergency room, we have we get a, we have a very strong relationship with the police force because of course. they understand what we deal with. They see what we like, vice versa. But after that day, I was just like, I I saw him on the street too, and he actually. I remember he yelled at me and he did, I realized and I was like, don't I know you from the hospital? And he was like, oh, you were there with that charge nurse that day. Um, the The street was blocked off, but I needed to take my car to um, a car garage to get something repaired. Yeah. And I thought they were closed. And I was like, I called the car garage. I said, are you guys open? And they were like, oh yeah, you just got to tell the cops like to let you through. They're just clearing the snow. I said, okay. I pull up next, like I'm trying to pull up to tell the cop 
like not even that close to him. I wind by my window. I was gonna yell. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't want to pull up right next to a cop. You know what I mean? Like I was trying to be kind of like aware. And before I could even speak to him to say, hi, like, I'm trying to go to the garage. Like, they said I could get through. I just need to talk to you. He was like, what are you doing? Like, I was an idiot. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I'm literally yeah. just trying to go to the garage right there, right behind your squad car. Yeah. Because my car needs to be fixed. And he was like, oh. And I said, why are you, like, yelling at me? <laughs> and he was like, I'm sorry. I was like, I remember you from the hospital that day. You yelled at my charge nurse for no reason, too. <laughs> I was like, chill out. And I was like, bye, like, have a good day. But there's always, like, that one person So ruins a group. <laughs> I have been that one person, and I will tell you how I've changed. And, again, I, I don't like painting this picture for you people just to tell a story. I've just learned from my mistakes. And it's, it's something that uh, I'm glad I've learned from my mistakes because if I haven't, I wouldn't be where I am today. Mm-hmm. I never really realized how I talk to people. Because I, when you talk to certain people, you know when you're when you're talking to somebody looking at a chart and you're you're talking about well these levels these levels, some people look at you and like you're saying in kind of a monotone look, but also they don't know what you're saying because you know it's just it's just sure. a monotone thing. When you go through the same thing every day, it's what you do. You gotta talk to certain people and in different ways. Me, I was the same way. You know, I'd say that ten thousand times a day, hey, take off your belt, jacket, keys, all this, and like the way I would come off to certain people would make them already aggressive because they thought I was a dick. So I would try to always change up. i say, hey, good morning. How are you? Can you just take your jacket, belt? And I tried always doing that. And then sometimes when people still had issues, I'm like, all right, so the issue's on you. It's not on me. Yeah. But I, I had to like kind of realize because a lot of girls, even like in the dating scene, they're like, you have such a monotone voice but also a stiff face. So it, you're kind of unapproachable in some ways. And I'm like, all right, so that, that probably has something to do with my job and just how I am as a person. But some people have that on-off switch. Some people don't. I, I've known so many cops that have been on the years for like, they've been on for 20, 30 years. And they're the same person they were the first day where mm-hmm. they're just, you know, so friendly, healthy. I mean, we have bike cops at the courthouse and uh, quite a few of them there where you they just you could just tell they love coming to work and just like talking the with the people. <laughs> I swear, my cops I think are it's, like the I, nicest cops I think ever. It, I think it's only because they get to wear shorts to work. I said I'd be happy. I too. never had like every time. I remember when I went to Rutgers, the bike cops that go by, like every day they were so polite. It was like disgusting how nice they were. Yeah. I was like, all right. I don't know, man. It has to they be were those such short like shorts. Happy people. That was part of the only. That was part of the only reason why I applied. I was like, I just want to show off my calves. (laughs) They were free balling. Give me a reason. Give me a reason to work my calves out all the time. Period. Um, But no, no, it's. I I can understand how it gets because, I mean, same with me. Sometimes, like, I gotta tell someone bad news. It could come off as like I might not care, but I like try to change my approach. Like I hate, like I hate touching patients. Like I hate, like like this. I cannot touch a patient like that. I get disgusted. But Not sometimes, me, but patience, yes. Sometimes, <laughs> though, when I'm about to tell someone, like, someone just got bad news. Like, a woman goes through a miscarriage, right? They come in, they're bleeding, they don't know what's going on. They knew they were two months pregnant. Yeah. They miscarried, right? I come into the room after the doctors t- tell them, the girl's crying. What am I going to be like? Here's your discharge papers. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, no, yeah. I'm not. And you sit there. Even if a lot of, you know, I work in a highly Spanish-speaking area. I might not understand. She might not understand a word I'm saying. But for me, sitting there holding her hand and just rubbing her back and, like, saying, like, you'll get through this. Like, you know, God bless X, Y, and Z. 
makes a big difference. So yeah. it's just trying what, to. What's the famous saying? Is that a uh, in any language a smile means the yeah. same thing? Well, so in like Islam, in the Quran, it's a it's a blessing, and the easiest blessing you can do a day is to smile at someone. Yeah. And imagine, you know when, like, you're pissed off and someone makes you smile? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> You're already back to being okay? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, that happened to us. I was angry, and you just, like, made me laugh, and I was like, all right, now I can't be angry anymore because I laughed, so it ruined my, like, mad streak. Yeah. But that's all you need. Yeah, I kind of see all the faces you make sometimes. I'm just like, all right, so she isn't, she, she's either angry at someone or she's angry that she's hungry or <laughs> plans have changed and she's angry and... I think I look angry a lot more than people think I am. Like, yeah. if I'm thinking, I look angry. Yeah. Oh. That's the same thing with me. I just have this monotone look, and people... It's weird, because, like, when I smile or when I laugh in videos, I get the most reactions from people where they're like, you have a beautiful smile, or, like, you're yeah, such a funny person. I'm just like, I think I am funny when I want to be. I said, not all the time, but... And some people are thrown off that I have like a personality besides this monotone fucking voice sometimes. And I'm just like, yeah, I, I'm a real boy. But yeah, I'm a real boy. The go away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real boy. Don't worry. No. The worst is when I start laughing when people think I'm lying. Like when I get accused of lying, like yeah. my siblings would be like, you took my, my jacket. I'm like, no, I didn't. But I would start cracking up. My sister would be like, you're lying because you're laughing. I'm like... Dude. I can't help it though. The people accuse way, me of lying, and I'm telling the truth. Yeah, I yeah, always yeah. will laugh. And I was like, "Don't ever put me like in court because if oh, somebody yeah, tries yeah, to yeah. accuse me of some shit, I will start laughing, and then oh they're gonna think God. I'm heartless." <laughs> I mean, this is not a bad segment. We're already 25 minutes, so each segment, everybody, is about 30 minutes long. This was our little test run to see basically how we like Hanifa talking on the uh, podcast. We are going to tackle some main issues. Um, like I said, it's, you know, things are going on today. Things are going on in the world today. You know, interracial dating, dating itself, red flags with dating. I mean, there's the categories of dating we can probably go on like a Lord. whole day about. But we're not going to do that. Um, and then it was like some people wanted to hear about modeling stuff because I have a lot of people on my page that always ask um, – you know, I'm new to modeling. What what things to watch out for when it comes to photographers, photography, video stuff? How much should I charge? Why should I do this, that? And we'll touch up on that. Right now, we're going to go to a little break, everybody, and we'll be right back probably in about two to three minutes from now. So stay tuned. <laughs> 